The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. We're in the midst of a series called Possessing the Land. Now, last week... I preached one message here in the first 8 o'clock service and preached another one in the other two services because the Lord told me to. So if you'd like to uh, hear that, you just go to our podcast. And we have had some challenges with that, uh, but we're, we're working it out. There's a continual growth in, in um, technology and constantly keeping up with that. I appreciate our media team. And, uh, but you can subscribe to the podcast and get it downloaded on your smartphone or on your, on your iPad or your computer, or you can just go to our website and from our website, uh, those get uploaded there and happens uh, once a week. Um, and so you can be a part of listen to all those messages that'll bless you. Um, some of you were here when it happened, but we had a lady walk in just a few weeks ago and, uh, she said, pastor, so good to see you. I'm like, okay, I've never met you before. I never met her before. But what happened is that she found out about our church through her sister, who was at some meeting that I preached at in Colorado, and she found our website, went to the website, and has consumed all the podcasts and, and watches the video. She tithes online and goes to church every Sunday over the web. And the reason she does that, she said, is that there, she cannot find a church in her town, that there's no spirit-filled church in the area that she lives. And she has some kids that live in Anchorage, so she just up and came and visited and has been coming to church here. And uh, we spent some time, and they're desiring to move up here uh, to be a part of the church and come to Alaska. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. All right, all right. Joshua chapter 3. Let's read the word of the Lord. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 1. We do have notes for you this morning. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to all the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go stand in the river. And Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know. Everybody say, this is how I will know. This is how I will know. That the living God is among you. 
and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites, all the ites. Verse 11, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go before the, before, will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Pardon me. Verse 12, now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan and its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. And while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, or the Dead Sea, was completely cut off so that the people crossed opposite Jericho, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all the people passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Wow. Father, thank you for your word, for what you've done already in the service and what you will do in the moments that remain. May we be forever changed and transformed because your word is truth. You will give us living understanding, God. Illuminate our hearts and speak to us profoundly, I pray. Release a spirit of encouragement and even revelation, Lord, about who you are, who we are, and your great plan and your great power to get that plan done. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're talking about crossing over the river here. I, I thought I would entitle it crossing over rivers, but instead I, I called it crossing our Jordan. In your life, you will have a Jordan to cross. And I've found uh, in my years of living, there, there's always a Jordan to cross when God wants to move you into a place of rich fulfillment and blessing. There's always a fire. There's always a river. There's always some huge obstacle. In order to fulfill our destiny, in order to possess the land. Now, possessing the land, the, the title of the series, and I think this is the fourth message in it. Possessing the land means to grab hold of or take possession of everything that God said that you could have. His promises that are yes and amen. In order for us to possess, to lay hold of everything that God has told us that we could have, the dreams or the hopes and the visions, you're going to have some Jordans. You're going to have some flood stage obstacles that face you. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. That's the way it is. That is the way it is that when you come, you're moving forward into your purpose, into, your, into the plan, you're moving into the land, you're going to have obstacles. Now, 40 years before the Israelites were ready to go into the promised land, but a great tragedy took place. They had an obstacle. They saw giants. They saw the fruit of the land, but they saw these huge cities. And the obstacle for them was that 
their perception of who they were and who God was was too small. Or should I say it was distorted. They didn't really, God told them they could take it, but they didn't believe him. And so when they went in and saw the big, ugly, uncircumcised Philistines and the, and the descendants of Anak and all the, all the ugly ones and the giants and the, Hevite, the Hevites and the Perizzites and the, the great walled cities, they freaked out. So he said, there's no way we could do this. We seem like grasshoppers, it says in the book of Numbers, I believe it's chapter 31. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And then it goes on to say, and so we were grasshoppers in their sight. Understand and know that the way you perceive yourself, the way that you perceive God is exactly the way you'll live out in your life. So if you think of yourself as a grasshopper, that is exactly what you'll be. Grasshopper. And so the great tragedy that took place at Kadesh Barnea, the 12 spies go out and they come back and two had a good report, 10 had a bad report. You all know the story. 10 were like, we can't do it. Two, Caleb and Joshua say we can. And those are the only two that end up going in. And this is the time when they're going to go into the land. So they had an obstacle back then and they weren't able to overcome. A generation later now, 40 years later. And aren't you thankful for... I, you know what? I'm thankful for that God gives us chances. You know, we might fail one time or he gives us another chance. It might be the next generation, you know, but he gives us other chances. Anyway, here they are. They're facing this obstacle and the obstacle that the Israelites must cross to Jordan. And that's not an easy task with a couple million people to cross to Jordan. I've thought about this. I mean, I mean, think about it. We see rivers. You guys ever come up to a swollen river? I've thought about swimming um, across it, but not in Alaska. You don't swim too long in Alaska. I remember when I was a young man, I was on the west side of Manhattan with a friend of mine. And I, I, I look back on the, that moment. We came so close to swimming across the, uh, the Hudson, except we would have died. No, I know now we would have died, but back then, you know, you're full of liquid courage and you're just ready to go. Somebody understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, we, we, we almost jumped in and went for it this close. I mean, we're like, one, two, and we're like, oh, one, two. And we just said, oh, let's just not do it. We would have died. You think about crossing over the Jordan, uh, scholars say that the Jordan has three banks and at harvest time, it would overflow the third bank. And it drops from, uh, if, if you look, it drops about 600 feet between the distance where they were. And they were, they were at a place called Beth Arubah. And I don't know for sure, but I think it's a pretty swift moving river. It's not as cold as Alaska. But I mean, how do you bring elderly across? How do you bring little babies? We're talking 2 million people. How do you, okay, the soldiers, okay, the, 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 the young bucks. Okay, maybe they could swim across, but I mean, what do you do with the other two million people? And how do you bring their stuff across? I mean, that's a major problem. So God says you're going in and they're facing this river, a wide river. <laughs> the enemy will always come and put an obstacle before you. Now, I've tried to set this groove, this mindset that whenever I see large obstacles, this is how, we, this is how we've been trained. This is for 20 years, we've seen it modeled before those... Who've, who've discipled us. 
Whenever you see a huge obstacle before you on your way to your purpose, on your way to the plan, on the way to possessing the land, hey, that rhymes. Be encouraged. Because obviously the devil's nervous or something's going on. Could it be that God will allow that obstacle for a particular reason? I, I look back on my life and I think about the difficulties and the painful things I've been through. They have shaped me and made me the man of God that I am today. Had I not been through the hardship and the death and the, the pain and the trial, I would not know the, the, the joy. I would not know the, the strength and faith that God's put in us through those difficulties. Come on, somebody ought to consider it pure joy, says James, when you face all kinds of fiery trials. Don't consider it, consider it strange. God's doing something in you that's going to work into the next age, age to come. It's not just about now. It's about the age to come. You're living for another age. Can you say amen? Remember, this is an internship. Some of you think this is it. The one who has the most toys win. And wrong. always seems that there's problems in our way as we're moving forward. No, duh. Why would God allow for obstacles and problems to be in our way? Why, why did he allow for the obstacle of a flood stage Jordan before God's covenant people? So, well, they were in sin or something. Nope. Although they did have to consecrate themselves. You'll see that. They did that. So that's an issue of cleansing, getting right before God. But why, why would God allow for obstacles and problems to be in their way? And why would God allow for obstacles and problems to be in our way? Well, if you're filling your notes in, it's to make us strong. There's one reason. Well, that's a, a different way of looking at it. I know. You gotta, listen, you've got to look at things differently. You've got to change your perspective. You can look at things differently. God didn't even give you a problem to kill you. He didn't lead his son into the wilderness to be tormented by the devil so he, he would just be tormented. No. He went into the wilderness, was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Why? To exercise his dominion over the devil, to pass the test, and, and, and to, to walk on into all that God would have for him. Signs and wonders and miracles and eventually death and resurrection. And the devil wanted to offer him an easy way out. Some people think, oh, what, what kind of father would do that? One that's just, you know, exercising dominion, teaching you to do the same. Teaching you to exercise dominion, walk in authority. So it, to make us strong. Everybody say, he's going to make me strong through my problem. Come on, say it this way. Say, through my problem, God's going to make me strong. I've, I've said before, I, I, I've worked out most of my life. And uh, for portions of my life, I did weightlifting and... You know, to do weightlifting, you, you, you get on a bench, let's say, and you, you put on some weight, and you begin to push that weight. It gets a little tiring, you put on more weight. You do what? Yeah, you put on more. You already couldn't finish what you were doing, but you're going to put on some more. And you put on some more so that you get a little bit more tired. And uh, you can put on some more weight after that, and that's called doing sets. And I'm going to get into all the, the, the fine complications of weightlifting, because I, I don't really know, even know all that much. But when you weight train, it builds muscle. It, look, you know what atrophy is? We could have doctor come up and tell us a good, a good biblical definition, like, <laughs> a scholarly definition of what atrophy is. But I'm to understand that if you don't use a muscle, you lose it. 
It's called atrophy. It begins to, it begins to shrink, shrivel up, and die off. Could it be that you're facing an obstacle because God wants to make you strong? <laughs> the river that you face that's at flood stage is an opportunity to make you big in God, big and strong in God. I remember God calling us here to Alaska from Kauai. It seemed absolutely insane. Well, I'm, you know, some of you moved from Hawaii, you know what I'm talking about. You probably didn't do it in the dead of winter. You know, we did it. If you did it in the dead of winter and God didn't tell you to, you probably need prayer. But God told us to do, basically, come right. I mean, we came in October, and that's the dead of winter as far as I was concerned, coming from Kauai. You know what I'm talking about? October is not the dead of winter, but that's when we became pastor here. It was cold, man. And it was all cute and nice until January came, and... And I remember standing outside my, my little church apartment that I had. My family had gone to sleep. They just, we'd just flown in. It was the last trip back and forth from Hawaii, pretty much. And I went outside in a pair of surf shorts and a pair of slippers, flip-flops for all of you Alaskans. And I lifted my hands and I was like, oh God, I just want to feel the spiritual atmosphere. Lord, I'm finally here. Everything's here. The stuff's on the barge. It's coming. My kids are in the apartment. Come on, Jesus. And all I could hear is, you're stupid. I thought, blah, 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 blah. no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. You're a fool. It was 10 degrees in a snowstorm. I had to shake that thing off. I had to shake off the obstacle of, of my mindset, thinking I made a mistake. I left a church that was in revival and came, and there was 30 people here. And, you know, it was, it was not the easiest. Listen, God will, God will call you to do things I'm convinced if we knew everything we had to go through, we'd probably just quit right away. But, you know, he, he, he leads us with his presence. And then you have these rivers that you have to cross. And it's to make you stronger. But it's not only to make you stronger, look at, look at B. To trust him more. To, to do what? To trust him for more. You know, I've found when I go through obstacles and problems, when I face something I cannot do, I simply cannot do it. I don't know how to make my way through it. I've found that it's at those times I draw real close to God. I mean, that's when, I mean, you don't have to like get me up for morning prayer. You know what I mean? I'm up. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to tell me to get in my, it's that, it's to get in my Bible. I'm just like, Jesus, help me. Oh God, there's a river. Rivers are wonderful. Problems are awesome. They're to make you stronger, but they're also to draw you close to God. Some of you looking at me like a cow at a new gate. Y'all all right? Trying to help you. It's also to see God's power demonstrated. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Why are there, why are there flood stage Jordans in your life? Make you stronger, to trust him more, to see God's power demonstrated. Oh, this is so good right here. I made you repeat it. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. The word know is, is a yada. It's, it's, it's a personal, leave, leave that scripture up, it's a personal knowledge. It's not, it's not that others, it's not so much about others would know, but you literally you face a Jordan, you face an obstacle, you, you face a problem that make you stronger, you trust him more, but then when the miracle comes, that is how you have personal knowledge, a personal revelation that actually God is with you. And there is no other way 
to have that personal revelation than to cross a Jordan, to cross a, get through a problem, to get through a tragedy or a difficulty. There is no other way to know God like that. You see, you had a whole generation that had not seen the Red Sea. There's a whole generation here, they had not seen the, the, the Red Sea part. Well, I mean, can you imagine that? That would have been quite a thing. Some guy reaches a stick out, this older dude, his name's Moses, reaches his stick out, <laughs> the Red Sea parts, and they cross over. Okay, all, they heard about it, but all the parents are dead. So you're looking at kids that were basically born in the wilderness. Except for Caleb and Joshua, they had, they had seen that. But everybody else is mocking. Everybody else is dead. And so now you have a whole generation that never really saw that. And they're going to go take the land? God wanted to demonstrate his power. And I tell you this morning, those online, those here, God wants to demonstrate his power in your life. Now, there's no better way for God to demonstrate his power in your life than you face something that you simply cannot do. Is anybody getting some faith stirred here? The ark will go before them into the Jordan. Whole generation had not seen God, not seen the wonders of Moses, the water from the rock. They had not seen it. They're about to see something. You know, testimonies are great for others, and they build faith. But there is nothing like having your own. When you have your own testimony, it builds in you a personal faith that nobody can ever take from you. You think about when you were sick and God delivered you. You think about when you had nothing and if God didn't come through, it was finished. I remember times when I, I didn't have food. I'm, I'm standing, you know, we didn't have much food. I mean, we had some canned stuff. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a net out in the ocean. I'm praying for a fish. I'll never forget. I, no fish all day long. It's a set net. It kind of went out. And you could tell because the buoys would go down when you got a fish. It was in Molokai. Like, come on, Jesus, I'm a tither, God. Give me a fish, Lord. And I'll never forget coming back from visiting somebody or some I forget. I came back and I saw the buoy, buoy, the buoys were down. I got Hannah. I picked her up. I put her in the middle of, a, of a, a, an inner tube sort of raft float thing. You were this big. And you, I pushed you out. And you're just like, so cute. And I got to that net and I pulled it up and it was an Australian mullet, a big fat fish. And I, and I lifted that fish up. My wife was in, look, my wife was watching. Karen was watching from the shore. I said, I got a fish. I felt like I was King Kong or something. God, hallelujah. He's a provider. What if you've never been in situations like that? You don't know what it is to cry out to God to see him give you a fish. It's a great thing. Personal experience. I remember playing football. Anybody ever play football? I played football in high school. And I remember them telling me football in college is different. I thought, yeah, whatever. I was, I was pretty fast. I was strong. I was a linebacker. I thought, man, well, you know, I'm sure it's different. And I, you know, you watch games. You're like, those dudes are pretty big, you know, but I got it going on. Come on. And they said, no, 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 they hit a lot harder in college. I'm like, yeah, sure. And you get to college. I remember taking my first hit as I endeavored to reach deep into my throat to pull out my, my, my mouthpiece because it had been lodged back there from being hit so hard. I, I was like, I'm on the ground. The guy's like, welcome to college. Some 
freak with hair off his nose, arms dragging on the ground, all hairy knuckled, crazy looking, super stud man guy who hit the freshman so he would like go home and cry. Could have been that I was prancing on the field. I was, What's up, guys? <laughs> I had personal knowledge about how hard they hit in college after I was pulling my, my mouthpiece out of the back of my throat. That's personal knowledge. I could tell you. They hit harder in college than me. I can tell you. Okay. God wants you to have that kind of experience. God wants you to have the kind of experience that you know that he can part the Red Sea. You know he can dry up the Jordan. You know he can bring you through. You know he can bring water from the rock, give a coin out of a fish's mouth. You know he can raise the dead. There ain't nothing God can't do for you. Nothing. Nothing's impossible to them that believe. But if you never face an obstacle or you never face a challenge, how are you going to know that God really is God? You'll just have some head knowledge about the fact that he really is or he's done it for somebody else or you read it in a book. God wants you to have your own book. Of all that he's done. I remember getting on a, on a snow machine a number of years ago. I crashed one when I was like 10. But it was one of those very cute 1970s Sea-Doo things. You know what I, I think that's what it was called, or Ski-Doo, or whatever it is. You know, I thought that was fast. Then I got on somebody's, somebody's machine that was like, I don't know, it's a 900. It looked like a mosquito. He said, it's got a lot of power. I thought, oh, yeah. Got on that thing. As soon as I got away from them looking at me, you know, I didn't want them to be nervous, so I just drove off conservatively until I was out of sight. And I was like, come on, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I, 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 I got totally freaked out. I don't even think I, and I, I stayed on it as long as until the point where I lost all peace and I knew I was going to be trajectoried into the trees. I was hitting small moguls and, you know, little bumps and getting giant air, and I realized, I'm going to crash and kill myself, and the ministry's going to be over. Stop, stop, stop. I got off the thing. I thought, I don't know if I like snow machining. I had a personal experience of the power of one of these newer machines. God wants you to have a personal experience of his power. Can somebody say amen? All right. Removing obstacles as we possess the land. How, removing the obstacle. The first thing is recognize that God's with you. If you have Christ, if you have Jesus, if you're living for him and you're led by him, and I should say both of those things, you need to live for him. You need, you need to make a decision for Jesus. Give your heart to him. Repent of your sin. Live for God. But you also need to be led by God. I know many people that are saved, but they're not led. They're not led by his spirit. Recognize God's with you if you know Christ and are led by him. And this picture of the ark being a thousand, uh, so a thousand yards, 3,000 feet between you and the ark. The ark is a picture of the presence of God. It's a picture of, because that's where his presence was, the Shekinah glory between the cherubim. It's a picture of the provision of God. It, it had a, the budded rod of Aaron. It had the manna that was in it, a picture of God's provision. But it was also a picture of the word of God. It had the, the Ten Commandments in it. And so the, the ark goes before them. Listen, if, if you will allow for God to, to be the Lord of your life, the Lord of all, 
You yield to him and you live a life of consecration and separation unto him. First of all, it's far better than the life that's not, you know, sin is just a wrong attempt at trying to get a real need met. I've said it over and over and over before. And when you really make the Lord of all, then what God does is he puts his joy in you and then he'll begin to lead you and then he'll, 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 his presence will come on you. His provision will be released as you obey his word and you live for him. The word, the, the protection that comes. Now listen, don't, I'm going to give myself a commercial next Wednesday. Don't, don't miss next Wednesday. I stumbled into something and preached on it last week. I'll do part two this week. Do not miss it if you're breathing and you're able to make it. And if you're busy, you're traveling, then you can get on the podcast or whatever. But God's really given me something. I would encourage you to be here. My only regret is I wish he let me preach it on Sunday morning, but he's got me doing something else. I'm going to obey him. Look at B, consecrate yourself. Exodus 19, 10 and 14 and 15, two things they had to do. They had to wash their clothes and they had to stay away from sexual immorality. They had to repent of sin. Look at two, stay free of defilement. See, what the enemy wants to do is keep the church so defiled, there's no power, there's no authority. Keep, us, keep people in such fear and so bound that you'll never move forward. You'll never cross a Jordan. You'll never take risks of faith because you'll, you, you, you just, it's hard to believe when you're broken on the inside. And so you, know, you have to let go of those things and get healed and, and believe. The, the enemy will enter your mind and you can't hear him anymore. I mean, nobody knows if you're, ba- if you're bathing in a sewer, spiritually speaking. But if you are, you will not have the faith and the courage and the stamina to do what God's called you to do. You've got to consecrate yourself. You've got to wash your clothes. Come on, somebody say, wash your clothes. I heard a story about a youth recently. They had, you know, they have shower time and youth goes in to take a shower and the counselor's standing outside the door and he hears, okay, I'm done. And the counselor's all, dude, you got to use soap and stuff, man. He's standing outside the door. You could tell with a 10-second splash that he probably didn't get clean. Camping out with other, other dudes, you know. Need a shower. Can somebody say amen? Now, if you're camping and you don't have a shower, that's different. Welcome to hunting and camping. But this is a, a different, different kind of camping. It's camping with showers. My favorite kind, I might add. (laughs) Obstacles come. The flood stage Jordans come. And if you're not clean before the Lord, then you will not cross over. You got to commit yourself. Look at three to wholly follow the Lord. got to step out in faith. Everybody say step in faith. I have seen over and over in my life and the lives of people that have mentored and discipled me and books I've read and see it throughout scripture. Man, Jordan's never part till you put your foot in it. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to put my foot in it. Can you imagine being the priest who bear the ark? Can you imagine? Okay, boys, <laughs> you ready? You're like, Hallelujah. 
you know, they're standing there. I don't know if they just charged and just went right in the river. I don't know how it was, but anybody ever get in cold water? Yeah. You know, the different, and I know some women are different uh, than others, but it's certainly different than men. But I, if you ever jump in a body of cold, anybody ever do the cold plunge thing? Yeah. Like, let me tell you how not to do it. That is not how you do it. Okay. What you do is you jump. (laughs) And I just wonder about those priests as they came up to that. I wonder how that was. They were like, come on, come on, come on. Oh, Jehovah. Oh, God. And they stepped off and whoosh. Do you know you never have a miracle until you put your foot in it? And it's terrifying. It's a terrifying thing. I mean, we just went through to the purchase of our property. If you guys knew the inside story of some of the, what I wrestled with, I'm going to tell you, you just, I'm telling you, man. There was, a, there was a few days where everything was hanging in the balance. And man, I, in my head, I had some battles going on. Because I could see how it could easily fall through. I could see how the whole thing would easily fall through. And then for me, I can say this now that we own it, praise the Lord. we got other obstacles. There's more rivers, so brace yourself. So what are they? I have no idea. I know some of them. Other ones I don't, but I know they're there. My, my fear was that we stepped so out in faith. Come on, God's going to give us this thing we pray. My fear was if it didn't come through, the discouragement that could potentially come on the church. I was concerned about that because I, I, I don't want people to go, oh. And then you have to overcome all that discouragement. And I'm thinking, what have I done? I mean, what have we done? Why didn't I just be quiet and buy it quietly? Can't you just shut up sometimes? Just, the Lord's going to do this thing. And, and you know, then you, you, you get home and maybe you're tired, you know, and you're, you're thinking, uh, what, what, what did you just say? Can't you just play it on the safe side? Yeah, like, no, I don't even have a safe side. I'm, actually, my wife is my safe side. And she helps me. So I'm going through these battles and I can see how, I can see how it could all fall apart. And, and at a moment, I started saying, you know something? And I started saying, man, this should have happened. This should have happened. This, you know, I started thinking about all the reasons that it could end up of how it's not going to potentially not happen. If it was, you know, I would want to point the finger or something like that. And I felt like the Lord said, you stop. And I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. And we just prayed and prayed and prayed. And I'm going to tell you. The fullness of it will probably be in a book that we write someday. We got that thing, and it is a bigger miracle than anybody here knows. It's huge. It's just like, wow. Apparently, that land belongs to us. Like, like the, the, the land of Israel belongs to the Jews. It doesn't matter what anybody says. I mean, that, that must be ours. Because there's no way. I had, a, I had a contractor say to me, how much did you buy for? And, I said, and he's like, Oh, I said, I got goosebumps, he says. It doesn't go to church or anything. He says, I got goosebumps. I go, I know, man, it's God. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm happy for you, but I'm also kind of mad. I said, yeah. He said, man, I'd have come toting my million-dollar check right now, right now. Would have bought this right now, made lots of money off this property right here. He said, but I guess it's God's. I said, it's God's. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Step out in faith. What are you facing? Now, you got to have the consecration. you got to live for God. you got to have all those things. What is the river? What's the problem? Step out in faith. Move in faith. 
And it's also that they're together, but God's with them. Somebody said, oh, I don't think that Jordan could part. Well, it did, actually, then. And it also parted in the 1800, as well as in 1908, as well as in 1927. 1927, 21.5 hours. It's a limestone slide in the city of Adam shut off the Jordan. So, you know, not that you need scientific evidence or anything, but I don't know if God caused a limestone slide the second they put the foot in the river. I don't know. I will say this, though. Watch this. I'm closing. Watch this. Ben Arubah is where they crossed. Their leader's name was Joshua. The Hebrew name of Jesus is somebody say Yeshua. Yeah, it's Joshua. A type and a shadow of the Old Testament is Joshua crossing over in Ben Arubah through the Jordan. The waters roll back all the way to Adam or Adam and are shut off all the way to the to the Dead Sea generations later Yeshua Joshua will save his people from their sins is what it means oh my goodness watch this watch this this is so good he's baptized by John the Baptist in the same place signifying this that when Joshua crossed over and the the Jordan was stopped by the all the way to the city of Adam and cut off all the way to the Dead Sea now Joshua Yeshua Jesus our hero our master our savior our deliverer gets baptized in the same water signifying that our sin is forgiven all the way back to Adam and is thrown as far as the sea of forgetfulness of the Dead Sea We're going to get to this, but I think he was standing on the memorial stones. We're we're going to get to that like probably next week. Hallelujah. Your Jordan is God's opportunity to promote you. Your Jordan is God's opportunity to elevate you. You know, in every obstacle that you face, it's an opportunity for you to be galvanized by God and elevated so that all who know you and all who see your situation would go, man, there's something different about that. How could you make it through that? How could you overcome that? How, how, How could you make it through at flood stage? Two million people. How could you do that? I mean, if you were to do it by rafts, I mean, I think the enemy would come and kill him. Do you know what happened? They were so freaked out. You you read further on, the terror of the Lord came upon Jericho and all those who saw what was going on. And then then God had them re-circumcise themselves, recommit themselves. Do you know he had to terrify them because if they were lying in that wounded position, being healed for three days, they'd have just run up all over them and killed every one of them. You know, God has a way of bringing you through and he will do it. He will do it. His giftings and callings are without repentance and some might fail 
Some might give up, but there are some river crossing people that are a part of KC. Can you say amen? There's people in the body of Christ that are full of faith and full of fire. God calls you to do it. You put your foot in it. If you get swept away, well, I guess it's time for a river ride or something. <laughs> you know, you got to be hearing God. Got to be consecrated. Did you get something? Did you get something from the Lord? Come on, stand up on your feet, won't you? Oh, we've got to wait. Wait. You can sit down. All you note takers. God's speaking to us today. We have an obstacle as a church, and it's, it's more than building our building. You, know, you get so focused on building a building, then when you build it, then what? Then the whole dream's over? What? No, it's, no, it's a hostile takeover, the kingdoms of darkness, and expanding the kingdom of God. The building's just something we're going to use to help facilitate that. It will be built. We'll move on to the next thing and have other building projects. I mean, it's not going to stop. It's multi-phased and... Don't, don't, don't think that possessing the land is building our building. That possessing the land is expanding the kingdom and planting churches and raising up disciples and seeing a school of ministry flourish and seeing people move forward. Amen. Look at A. It's God speaking to us today. We must do as a church what the people of Israel did. They did the possible. God will do the impossible. You just do what you can do and God will do what he does. You can't do his part. He won't do yours. He won't? No, he won't do yours. You got to get up. You got to open the word. You got to show up. You got to, you're the one that has to obey to write your tithe check or give an offering. You're the one that has to get up and pray. But if you do those things, he's the one that parts Jordan's. You just obey. Come on. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. You must trust and obey. Keep in mind that every obstacle has the great potential of Almighty God to bless you. <laughs> well, that's a different way of looking at problems. Yeah, that's the God perspective on looking at problems. Come on, somebody say, rearrange your mental furniture. Yes, you need to move some things around. Amen. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Hallelujah. Lord. We give you praise and glory, honor, majesty, dominion, power, and authority belong to you. Lord, thank you for the obstacles that are before us that you're going to use us to, to train us, to teach us, to make us strong. Lord, to teach you to trust, teach us to trust you more. Lord, the rivers that are before us, the places that we need to cross, and the, the, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Jerichos that are before us. Thank you that you're going to use those that we might have a personal experience of what your power is moving through us, not so much another, but through us individually as well as corporately. And I thank you that there is no obstacle and no challenge and no problem, that you are not bigger and stronger still. If it's death, Lord, you can, you can raise somebody up. If it's sickness, you can heal it. If it's lost, you can find it. There is nothing you can't do. Not one thing. Now, Lord, release faith. That's what this is about right now. God's releasing faith right now. Lord, release even the gift of faith over your people. Discouragement, I command you in Jesus' name. Go. Make it personal. Say, we command you. Discouragement, we command you. 
go in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray now, release encouragement, release strength, release faith, release hope, release the kingdom of God, Lord, in our midst, that even those who know us and those who are looking on our lives would say, my God, they must be a God. He must be walking with God because I've never seen something like that before. I've never seen somebody overcome like that before. Listen, I'll tell you the testimony of our property, which is not even out yet. It's not, it's not happened yet. The people are starting to hear, but I, I'm running into people in town and they're like, did that really? Because only God could do something like that. And when that happens, it says to a community, it says to an investor, it says to somebody who doesn't know God, holy cow, that's amazing. As a doctor, when you see a miracle, you know you did. As an investor, you see something like that, and you're like, whoa. We are in the midst of a release. Oh, I have a prophetic word. Here, just receive it. I've brought you in, says the Lord, to a season of a release of miracles, a season that does not ever have to end. So contend and stand fast and see the deliverance of the Lord in your life. See my deliverance. For no good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly. I've called you. I've anointed you. I've chosen you and appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. And I will, I will set you as a jewel. In a crown. A royal diadem. I will use you to be a trophy of my grace. yield to fear walk in faith I'm among you and I will elevate you for the sake of my name not for your glory for mine stay humble broken transparent trust me and I will lead you in the way of everlasting and great that discouragement go. Thank you, God. We give you praise in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've not made a decision to live for Jesus, we never close a service, nearly never close a service without giving you an opportunity. If you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to him today? Say with me, say, dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for rising again from the grave, for dying in my place. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Can I have the Primrose team come up here? Come on, let's just pray for you guys. You're about to go minister. Team Primrose, KC Primrose Fellowship. Glory to God. Come on, reach your hands towards them. Father, we thank you for this marvelous team that you've placed together. Lord, for those who have even gone to set up ahead of time, 
We pray your anointing upon them as they go and preach and teach the word of God. That there be signs and wonders and miracles, Lord, there at that retirement community. God, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless your people. Come on, just lift your hands and we'll bless you. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, Lord. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Formal members tonight. We've got a meeting. If you're able to make it, we'd deeply appreciate it so we can have a quorum. It's important voting coming up. All right. Bless you. Praise God. Don't miss Wednesday if you can come. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.